hey, Jim, look around the room right now. Everyone is here because of you. The moment I heard those words, it changed everything for me. And yet it changed nothing because I truly am what I always felt I was. I'm the connector. That clarity is what brings me to you and what drives this show, the Remote Start Podcast. Here, I connect my lifelong passion for bringing people together with my love of business and branding in hopes that these talks might better connect your community with what your company is all about. So let's figure out your brand. Let's figure out the target audience you want to serve and how we can use these two things to create an incredibly strong community for your business. I'm your host, Jim Doyon. Let's get something started. Remote Start Nation. Starting a business isn't easy. It takes consistency, hard work, takes a lot of chances, and so much more to take your idea or your passion and create it into something that gives you the freedom to live your desired lifestyle. I'm Jim Doyon, your host, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Remote Start. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Tiffany Asamoah, the CEO of Bold Swim. Five years ago, Tiffany took a gamble and left her corporate job and home state to move to California and build her brand. A brand that today is in three major retailers, has walked to Hamptons Fashion Week, been featured in Southern Bride, Vanity Fair, Glamour, Eco Cult, Refinery 29, New York Mag, The Cut, and it goes on and on and on. Tiffany is going to share with us the gamble she took and the things she's done the past five years to make Bold Swim a successful brand. Mozart Nation, without further ado, I'm extremely excited to welcome Tiffany to the show. Tiffany, how are you? I'm well, Jim. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm so excited. We got to talk before the episode, shared my passion with, with fashion, and told you a little bit about my, my history with my brand, and I cannot wait to talk with the Remote Start Nation and tell them your story and how you've made it. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely a big shoes to fill. I want the life that you've already achieved. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to think I'm just getting started. And from what I've seen from you, you're, our, you're, you're past me, all right? You're, <laughs> you're past. So um, well, let's get started. Tell me something about you that we wouldn't know if we just met. Uh, I like to bake. Awesome. And with baking, what is your favorite thing to bake? Um, just sweet stuff, just pastries, cookies. I'm really good at cakes and brownies, um, just all kinds of things. Just the time it takes, the science behind it, making it like uh, those TV shows, like the Baker's Challenge and like the Nailed It kind of things. Those are fun for me. We love those shows. Those are big shows in our family. The kids get into them. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Tell us about what you did before you started Bold Swim and what you, what was it? There's something that pushed you to start your own brand and, and, you know, tell us a little bit of this, the backstory. Sure. So I, most of my career has been in corporate leadership. So I worked at Fortune 50 companies, um, had all kinds of teams, sales teams, tech teams, um, financial, telecommunications, um, all kinds of places, insurance, all kinds of places that I've worked. Um, so that's been the bulk of my experience. So 20 plus years, I don't know if you want to put a age range to me, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so most of it has been corporate leadership, leading sales teams, leading different types of teams. Um, 
has really been the bulk of my experience. What pushed me was just, you know, I started the brand about six years ago and just wanted a different lifestyle, just wanted something else. I think I've always been an entrepreneur by heart and nature. I, I asked some of my friends and they're like, oh no, you've always kind of been that entrepreneurial spirit. I've sold just about anything you can imagine. I've been on the the quote unquote pyramid schemes, uh, you know, selling Herbalife and, you know, whatever else was a new thing of the day. I tried all of it, right? Um, until I really found my niche and I love yeah. vacation. And that's where the idea for Bold Swim came. Really? So go further into that. I'm, I'm curious what, with the vacation part. Yeah. So I want to be like you, Jim. I want to travel every year and then we get back almost home and we're like, no, let's just keep going. So, <laughs> so just love traveling. My husband's West African, so from Ghana. So we just love seeing the world together, love vacationing. I love the water. Um, so we were on vacation, actually, we're in the middle of buying a house, decided to go on vacation to relieve stress. Um, it, it's crazy. But we were on vacation, Key Biscayne, and I was just like in the search for the trip, trying to make everything perfect and get the right outfit, you know, get the right outfit and all these things. And I searched probably, you know, a good 20, 30 swimwear companies online and couldn't find anything that, you know, fit or had the nice aesthetic that I'm, that I would like as a mature yeah. woman. So with my family, my son was around, I don't know, eight, nine at that point. So trying to find all of these swimsuits, didn't find a body type that looked like me, didn't see the ethnicity as any other black, brown women um, displayed. So it really hit home where why outside of large there's no other sizes women don't come in you know same sizes normally we're either small on top large on bottom or vice versa okay so finding something that wasn't like a cheap throwaway um uh 18 year old swimsuit you know yeah was was important so i decided to design my own um, another thing that came out of that trip was also just sunscreen you would think that the most basic application that you know most of the world wears that should be pretty simple, right? But on brown skin or tan skin, it becomes white, purple, all kinds of different colors. Um, so I was thinking I was having the best vacation, best family vacation, about to buy a house in Key Biscayne, living it up. And I look at my, you know, I'm going to take a picture. I didn't feel comfortable on my swimsuit. You could tell in my body language, you could tell things weren't fitting properly, um, which ruins my mood, right? Yeah. Ruins the rest of everybody's mood. Um, and then my face is purple because of the sunscreen. It's like, this was supposed to be the best trip ever. And here I am covered up looking crazy, <laughs> looking wow. crazy. So, yeah, of course, I'm irritated for the rest of the trip. My husband's irritated because I'm getting on his nerves. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go wherever away from you, too. So I, I said, when we get home, I think I think I know what I want to do. That's incredible. So did you right away when you got home, was it? kind of design first? Was it, uh, you know, laying out what you thought the brand would look like? Like, walk me through that. It was kind of like all of once, right? The idea is once you have an idea, it just starts flooding in. I'm like, okay, I can sell anything. Then I had to think about how do I actually make a swimsuit? So it didn't even start with the design. It started with most, um, there's a few silhouettes in swimwear that are consistently like timeless. Um, so it just started with the triangle bikini and I knew where to get fabric. Um, went to Joanne's, pulled out some clearance fabric that I could find, took it to, uh, luckily enough, this lady who lived in the neighborhood who had her own brand, who was a tailor. And I just took it to her and just started asking questions. Do you produce? And she kind of walked me through the steps of production, was very kind. And 
um, spent a lot of time. So I really appreciate her um, giving me the opportunity to just ask a whole bunch of questions, dumb questions, didn't know what I needed. She produced some first samples. Um, so it just kind of started with that and then, you know, try to design something out of the first samples, use ladies in my neighborhood to be models for me. Um, so a lot of people took a chance on crazy ideas. And then once I really started getting the design, people were interested in it. And I was like, oh, I can really do this. And then so I started Googling um, where I manufacture today, doing the sample process. So I felt more confident asking the questions. And of course, they still taught me everything because yeah. I started with the basic suit, but I know that the problems exist for women in swimwear. So I wanted to kind of like do all of that at once. And they kept telling me, no, it's a template, it's a template. I'm like, yeah, but the template is broken. Exactly. And so it, it became, it grew, it grew basically. Like all the problems became more design focused, became, and then I started learning about the fashion industry. So I had the opportunity to go to New York, do the textile showcasing, the, the finding all the fabrics and just fell in this time sustainability wasn't even in conversation, wasn't a marketing tactic or, you know, people weren't greenwashing. Then um, it was just a lot of cool technology that it just made sense. Yeah. Um, I'm a business person first. I'm a salesperson first. It just made sense that why would I go into an industry that already has these, these issues? Why would I continue to perpetuate them? So why not? I take some of this new tech. What does recycled fabric look like? How does that feel on the skin? Uh, what are the benefits of using this fabric? What are the benefits of open sourcing and um, transparency in manufacturing? So it became bigger than just the design, bigger than just a swimsuit. It became about the whole supply chain, which we know now is part of the conversation and yes. uh, the infrastructure getting sustainability. What does it look like? Is there any accountability in the, in the industry? So many things. That's incredible that you're on the front end of that too. Like now it's a big topic, but five years ago, I know because I was there, like it wasn't a big topic of conversation. Yeah. It, so it's really you, wild. Did you at that time that you're going to New York and you're starting to develop these like actually relationships with manufacturers and, and getting things produced at a bigger scale, were you still working full time or at this point had you jumped into the brand and said, I'm, I'm going forward with it? Oh, I was still working full time. I worked the full time until the moment I left uh, Texas for California. And let's talk about that. So that's a huge moment <laughs> in, in your life, let alone just your business. So you decide like, Hey, I've got something here. I'm ready to pursue this. You stopped your career and you said, I'm jumping in and not only jumping in, I'm leaving Texas and moving to a new state with my family to pursue this. Let's talk about that. Okay. So let's talk about it. So I told you when I had the idea for Bulletin, I was on vacation closing on the house. So then uh, a month later, I was in New York at a textile conference, got all this great information, having a good time, first time in New York, love Manhattan, all this stuff, right? Sit down. My husband's like, okay, so you went to this big thing. You had a great day. Are you still feeling it? Are you still want to do this? So is it New York or LA? And I was like, New York is a lot. Coming <laughs> from Texas and it's quiet to New York is like culture, right? Oh, I've yeah. been overseas and traveled, but it was just a lot. Um, so in LA. I don't want to be cold, all these things. So we moved to Los Angeles. From there, that meant my husband had to quit his job, fly to California to start interviewing. Meanwhile, we're putting the house up for sale. I, we got the kid at home trying to, you know, he's getting angry because he now he knows we're leaving Texas and all his friends. <laughs> um, 
the house had a flood. We had to redo our float, get our floors done. And at the end of the week, we we're ready to go. Relocation was coming. Had to get the dog packed up, all this stuff. Um, I told my boss, I was like, I can't. There's so much going on. There's a move happening. My kid needs more support for me to be at home. Um, our house needs renovations again now that it's going on the market and there's a flood. Um, it was it was a rough time. It was a rough time. So that all transpired in a in like a month. When we get wow. to California, the company that my husband worked for at the time that relocated us, um, our stuff didn't arrive. So we literally carried what we could on the plane, um, how to get our German Shepherd out of this huge crate. Didn't know where we were. We were just dropped off at LAX in the corner somewhere, then had to go to the cargo center to pick him. So it was a, it was a horrible day. The apartment hadn't received our deposit. We had rented it sight on scene. Uh, we left a huge house that we just bought, went to this small apartment. Um, it, it was a crazy day. We slept on the floor for about a week. I walked my son when I thought was a mile, which looking at it now, it's like three, four, five miles. And I'm like, oh, I'll walk. It's a mile. Back and forth to pick him up from school. I had one car. The car didn't come on. It was just, it was a nightmare. <laughs> what a story. And, and, you know, a lot of times people see where you're at now and they, they don't know, like, there's a lot that you went through. There was a lot of things you put your family through. A lot of things as an entrepreneur that we do that people just want, they, oh, you made it this far. Like, help me out. Like, no, you have no idea what, what I went through to get here or what I gave up. <laughs> Let's talk about a couple of things here of, of what has helped you to get to where you're at. And I want to start with, you know, we had talked a bit, a little bit about consistency and how was staying consistent played a big role in your growth? It was huge because even though I had sold things, know how to approach people, know kind of, you know, to set up a value prop and pitch and all of this, it was still, I didn't know the fashion industry. Yeah. And now I moved to the fashion capital. I don't have any friends here. I don't know any networks. I don't know the city. Um, so literally I had to start day one of hitting the pavement of Santa Monica and Venice. Literally, like the last three styles that I had made while I was in Texas, I brought with me, had my seven little hangers, and it was just going up and down Venice and Santa Monica and asking every fitness person. Because um, at the time, I started at leisure and swim, swimwear. And so I went down every yoga studio that I could find in Santa Monica and Venice and was like, hey, new brand in town, would love to purchase the order. Uh, it sounds crazy now. I was like, wow, I really did that. But um, yeah, I just went to every store, every shop and was like, hey, will you take a chance? Can I set up a pop-up shop? What can I do in this space? Yeah. Connect it and, you know, learn the demographic and rebrand. Um, Bold Swim was already branded in Texas. And then coming here to rebrand and kind of change the aesthetic, learn kind of what the customer lifestyle looks like here. And yeah, it was, you have to be consistent. Do you remember you your to. first big breakthrough? Um, my first big breakthrough felt so long ago now, but just finding other designers and, um, independent designers to just be in fellowship with, went to a few women's meetings, which actually I met one of my friends, my good friends now who actually was starting her brand at the time. Um, shout out to Diana Madison Savile. Um, but yeah, so just, just finding friends, like share, be like, this is hard. Fashion is really hard. It's very cash intensive. Um, can be finicky at times. Yeah. Just 
just getting it right and then being consistent when it doesn't look like things are paying off. Um, and then I got the start of 2020 and then all of the Black Lives Matters movement really hit um, home and it just it just catapulted, I think, Black-owned businesses. So I was at the right space at the right time. I got a large billboard all over the city um, of Los Angeles. A company by the name of Dave wanted to buy gift cards and buy a billboard. I thought it was a spam email at first because it was just really blank and bare. And I was like, sure, let me see what this is about. And it was legitimate. And I was like, oh, I'm so grateful you give one, you know, one large billboard and, you know, they let me design it and all of that. So I made it look like every billboard of the luxury brands down Sunset Boulevard. And they're like, oh, no, it's going to be 34 billboards. So they wow. sent me this this crazy list of all where they were located at. And before I got the list and had to, like, decode the longitude, latitude coordinates, friends that I had worked with, like, you know, models that I had asked on Instagram, can you be in my first campaign with these styles that I have? And they sold themselves on the billboard and they were texting me. They're like, look at the." I was like, really? So we drove around and it was the most like, wow, <laughs> we're already here that's, and it's already happening. That's such a cool feeling. So how long was it after you had moved to LA that this happened? That was two years. Two years. And so yeah. you obviously put in a ton of hard work, made a ton of connections up until that point. You were, so let's go back to, you know, the staying consistent and, you know, you're going, let's just say door to door to these swimsuit, you know, or athletic places and anybody that might carry a swimsuit. How long did it take before you finally got somebody that said, hey, I'll give you a chance? Probably another year. And then from there, the more I learned, the more I reevaluated my strategy. Mm -hmm. I felt once I, you know, I it eventually I had to invest in products. So my first style outside of the ones that I carried with me from Texas was one style in three different colorways. Because, you know, if you get somebody who likes it, then you now you can have more to sell, right? And I didn't have inventory, didn't know how like this was a huge investment to make one style in three different colorways, right? And try to sell it. So I decided to kind of change my strategy. So went to pop-up locations, kind of just get some grassroots marketing, and then just started getting better at digital marketing, um, social media, and then just digital footprint. So after the billboards in 2020, I also got three inclusions of Vanity Fair and Glamour. So that was kind of like the next step of just trying to yeah. find the publications what magazine should I be in? What makes sense? Um, and that was kind of like the next um, big step. And then once I got the cloud of those big publications, everything else kind of started to fall in place. But it still required me to be consistent, emailing, bringing awareness to the brand, bringing awareness to myself, um, engaging in speaking engagements, going to different trade shows and conferences, like being very strategic about those placements to continue to leverage the success of having a billboard, um, as a new branch, um, being publicized in Vanity Fair and three different issues, um, the glamour inclusion. So it was just a big, consistent like, push. And then I got Hamptons Monthly. And that was a few years before actually walking in this past summer show. So it was just a continuation of just being consistent. Is there one thing that you've done that's that you can recommend to the remote star nation that's 
you know, you can be consistent, you can put in hard work, but is there one thing that you, that really sticks out that you do in your, you know, might be your daily routine or just might be in your sales process that you feel has been a, a good, you know, uh, something good that's gotten you to the point you have that you can recommend? Yeah, I would say all of those things you just mentioned, but you need to have community. Even if you, you know, friends will not necessarily be on the same entrepreneur journey with you, but you need to find somebody in this space that kind of understands, that can help you, you can bounce ideas off of. Um, you need to be, I, I believe, involved in your environment. I don't think that if I were just sitting home doing you know, my brand when I moved here, that it would be as successful as it is now. Right. Um, you have to be immersed in the the fashion industry. You have to be immersed in whatever business that you're doing so you can understand it and the ideas. So it won't feel work. will feel like you're just enhancing your, tool, your toolbox. I love that. And I can relate to that. I remember when with our clothing brand, I think it was like 2010, 2011, like we were going and we were moving forward. But our first event that we went out and we submerged ourselves in the community. We had a booth, we, we set up and we listened to all the feedback from everybody that was in that community. That's when we went from, I mean, we, we jumped so many levels and it was like, okay, we have something here. Where's the next event? <laughs> like, is there, what's next <laughs> yeah. weekend? Let's do this again and rinse and repeat and again and yep. again. And I felt that's what helped us to grow us to a, a, a big brand was that getting in front of the community and then we didn't stop there. We, we worked with anybody in that community that was an influencer or, you know, a, a, maybe a partner, maybe it was a different business yep. that we could partnership collaboration. Yeah, it's huge. And I feel Affiliate. like, I, I feel, and tell me if you agree with this, but, you know, with social media, it's gotten so easy just to sit behind a computer. And there's, there's obviously a lot of, community that's digital that you can you can get in front of and and be a part of but i always for me i felt like when you're in front of somebody and they see your product and they you see how they talk about your product they feel it they you get that understanding that you can't get unless you're in front of them do you agree with that i agree 100% i, I think i was kind of blessed you know starting a business right before so shortly before COVID happened that what's when we're, we're taught, we, you know, old school to go to the department store, pick it up, the rack, try it on. Buying a swimsuit online is, you know, buying one in person is hard enough, let alone buying it online. And, you know, the store only exists online. But I think people were already moved into that digital world where it's like, oh yeah, it's whatever. I'll buy it. You'll return it. Right. Um, but yeah, the first kind of market shows and trade shows that I did, it was like, okay, people get it. With swimwear, I will tell you, people are very scared. Women in particular are very scared when they see, oh, it's swimwear. They'll either stand so far away from the booth and I'm like, no, 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 let's talk about it. Let's break, come on. So I had yeah. to like realize like there are pain points still, not obviously the ones that I had that made me start the brand, but people are like almost deathly afraid of swimwear. Wow. I did a market in December and I was like, no, 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 come on. They're like, well, we don't. And the feedback that I always get is that the fabric, they can tell the fabric at a distance is more high quality. And so they don't want to, I'm like, no, it's meant to be touched. You can still touch it. It's still durable. Like, let's, let's have a conversation. Well, I don't want to, I want to lose weight and I want to, I got you. So 
we have a two-piece versus one-piece. We have more non-traditional styling swimwear versus traditional style swimwear. Or, you know, my brand is inclusive. It's not meant for you to lose weight to feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. So, yeah, 100%, you need to immerse yourself in the community, meet with your customers, get all that valuable feedback. My customers early on were so great at when they purchased, they would send me emails or tell me how they felt about it or send me pictures of crying them crying. One was uh, a lady who just became a mother and she said, I never knew the importance of having different bodies represented um, until I became a mother and my body changed so much after giving birth. Thank you for, you know, and I was like, wow, huge, right? Yeah, it's incredible. What a good feeling. Yeah, it's huge because most times people don't stop to say thank you, whatever. Right. But it was it was huge in the beginning to get those little feedbacks and stuff. Now I know because people don't return anything. So it's like, okay, well, that's great. <laughs> I'll see you next season. Well, and, and and to your point of like staying consistent and, and doing this hard work and going forward and just everything you put on the line, it's those moments that somebody reaches out and lets you know how your product or your business has, has changed their point of view, their life, whatever it might be that you just sit back and go, wow, I made the right decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about paying it forward. And, you know, now that you're at this point and you've been published and so much and you're, you know, the business is going well, what are, what are some thoughts on paying it forward and, and how has that helped you in, in your growth? That's always something I've been passionate about, um, even though I don't always put my oxygen mask on first. I've always been um, a person to help others just because of my background in leadership. I've always led teams. I've always been there to help and kind of guide and mentor. So it was just natural for me as I meet people. I'm like, oh, I love what you're doing. I'm going to collect you. I love what you. OK, you two need to meet. And I've always done that. I started a podcast. Um, almost two years ago. It's crazy how time's gone, but started a pad- podcast of all the women and all the entrepreneurs that I had met over the course of my time um, starting the brand and then just featured them and all the hard work that they're doing of building their businesses, a lot of them uh, retail and fashion. So just highlighting them, connecting them to one another, connecting, you know, um, giving them channels and partners and becoming affiliates. I remember one of my brand videos showing the why behind the video. I think it's on the website now. Uh, a jewelry designer I met at one of the pop-ups. Um, she was original uh, Angelino, born in South or Southeast Los Angeles. Um, had two little girls, named her business after them, and she was on set with me to help be my stylist because I was like, "Well, she needs us, you know, beyond just selling jewelry. How can I incorporate her into the brand and also give her visibility, and we can grow together?" Um, so I always find like partnerships to do that for. And she had was putting herself through college, young mother, doing all these great things. And when I told her the why and how I left my corporate job, sold my house, uprooted my child, my husband, you know, quit the job he was at to take on this, you know, journey and me doing this this business. And she just started bawling. And it was so impactful. And I was thinking about it now, I'm going to start crying, but The way you inspire others just by doing something crazy is so huge. And I never want to leave that, lose that because you could be an influence or a lifesaver for someone else. That's so true. Thank you for sharing that too. I, I 
it's such an incredible feeling and, and to see where, to be able to touch somebody and, and to help them in a way that to give back and do that is, is it's, it's, I mean, really leaves you speechless. Like it's, it's such an incredible, incredible feeling. And I wish more people in this world did, you know, did that and, and felt that. And I wish more people reached out to thank people when they do, because it does. I mean, I can tell you through this podcast, like I'm, you know, around 40 episodes and it's like, for the longest time, you, you're like, man, is this, there's so much work that goes behind this. Is it making a difference? And I remember my first email I received that from someone saying, hey, I, I thank you so much. Like I read this and, or I listened to this and it changed my whole outlook and, you know, my whole trajectory's changed. Or, you know, recently I just made a post and someone's like, I've been, you've been an influence on what I've done in my life from your first company. and." I have a son and I want to raise my son. Like you've raised your kids. I'm like, oh, this is like, I really, like I, I made that difference in somebody like that's, it's so rewarding. So I, again, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I know it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it's tears, hard. Thank you. Yeah. Because you never know, like you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm not doing it. It's not going to pay off. You know, you know, you start your business with a lot of debt and then a lot of bad ideas and then it kind of starts leveling out. But yeah, you never know. Like you don't get that immediate always gratification and you won't, right? But somebody's always watching in the way that you're thinking you're just doing something small, but her being on set, being able to style and then be able to be influenced, it just, it's huge. And I'm sure huge. she's going to return that favor and do the same thing and, and pay it forward on her end. Yep. A lot of people, and I, I love that when I meet those entrepreneurs that they're doing those things, I'm like, this is so great. This is this is what the community of business owners should be about. And I felt like, you know, unfortunately, 2020 had a lot of things happen in it, but it brought, I feel like for the most part, a lot of business owners together, especially women owners. Yeah, it did. There's a lot of movements and I, I, I feel like, I mean, even just the ability to you know, I talked about being in person and I mean that with a physical brand, but as far as just connecting and, and even like you and I today being able to do this through Zoom, like, you know, I, I hardly was on Zoom before. And, you know, with, with everything that happened, it's like, it's so nice to be able to get in front of, you know, friends and family and, and business, uh, you know, people that you, you network with. And it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's I've never been a Zoom person either. I can't sit still. I'm like just always going. But yeah, there's there's different uses. But, you know, after my, you know, 30 minute hour, I'm like, OK, I'm done. I need to go outside. Yeah. I need to get into nature. I need to like rebalance or recent myself or go bake something. <laughs> go bake. There you go. Let's. So what's next for uh, for Bolt Swim? Ooh, lots of things. So um, I was actually hoping to have this conversation in the no, the new showroom. Um, however, uh, the internet vendor has not come out mm. to set it up. So this is day two, but it'll happen. But we just signed our first lease for our showroom. So we are ready to get all of the business stuff out of storage and, you know, makeshift kind of operations into a full-size, legitimate L.A. showroom. So uh, we are in the process of moving in, and the new collection will be previewed. We have our first event in middle of February, so 
10 days from now, we have our first skincare line event. Um, March, we're doing fashion week and having samples of the new collection. So just lots of activities, lots of fashion, moving into the space, just welcoming people in, um, showing them that we have now our first LA footprint. And yeah, we're excited about it. We're excited. I love it. Congrats on that. That's a, that's a huge move. Thank you. It's scary. It's scary, but it's like, I've been drawing this for like six years. Like, why am I so scared of this now? It's that next step. It's always hard. Yeah. It's always uncomfortable. And then once you're there, you're like, all right, this was the right move. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's really rewarding. So even like my little crazy ideas to keep the marketing going and keep events and okay, I can invite people in. People are signing up for it. And it just, it still shocks me because I'm still so humble about just the journey and then just remembering to stay grounded because, you know, I feel great about the progress. And I remember when I was walking down Venice and Santa Monica till now, I definitely appreciate it. But I, I think those journeys were necessary to have appreciation for where, where I am now and what the next step is going to be. Well, congratulations on your incredible journey. And I'm so thankful that you could take some time out to hang out with us on the Remote Start Nation. And I, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. Where, let's talk about, you know, first of all, physical location. But then let's also talk, you know, website, where can the Remote Start Nation find you? So we are located in Los Angeles at 714 North La Brea Avenue. Um, your, our name's on the marquee, so you'll see it uh, when you pass by the building. Um, so we have a showroom there. There will be events at our link in our bio on Instagram. Uh, you can find us digitally at boldswim.com or bold underscore swim on Instagram. Um, and we have Twitter, or excuse me, Pinterest the same. We are no longer on Twitter, um, but we still have our Pinterest and our website and Instagram. Awesome. So Tiffany, one last question. I always ask this and, you know, it's, it can either be something we've already discussed or something that maybe we haven't touched on yet, but what's the biggest takeaway that you can leave with the Remote Start Nation today? I would say... Remember to pay it forward because the opportunities that you were afforded or the ones that you made for yourself, uh, regardless of ethnicity, age, gender, all of those things, socioeconomic, you can do it, but you need to, one, be consistent in yourself and be convicted to, you know, see the hard thing through. Um, but just pay it forward. Once you get, even if it's just like a little next step up, help the person behind you because everybody has a dream in the work that you do here, Jim, is more than a podcast. It's like giving light and validation to what a lot of the founders are doing. And it's just inspirational to be like, I can be like Sarah Blakely. I can be like all the other founders that you put on here. And, you know, maybe they're not big names yet that are gracing the covers of four magazines and all this ink and all these things, but we're doing and we're moving the needle. A lot of big partnerships have been, um, more inclined to work with different brands because we know that we have the community because we've built it slow, but it's a sustainable foundation. That's in, that's incredible. I, I, I love that remote start nation. I, I, I hope you listened and, and take note and, you know, go back and listen again, Tiffany, your, your value and advice that you gave us today was, was awesome. So thank you again for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you as Jim and you have the first cry on camera from me. So <laughs> I, you know, I, that part of me is like, that's, that's awesome. But the other part of me is like, man, I don't know if that's a good thing. 
Yeah, you got me to tell that that surely moving story. So yeah, it's like one that's near and dear to my heart. When I think about it, I'm like, I I love that. And a piece of my heart, I definitely felt that when you went through. I was like, wow, that is so touching. So thank you for sharing that. I really, really do appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been fun. I I thank you. Thank you too, Jim. Absolutely. Yes, yes, we will. Remote Start Nation. I hope you learned as much as I did today and can put some of what Tiffany shared with us to work for you. I want you to thank, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on this journey. And remember, leave a comment, subscribe, but the most important thing, share this episode with your community and someone that you think could learn from what you heard here today. Until next time, go start something, start today, and go build the lifestyle you desire by taking action. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my passion of bringing people together through business and branding in hopes to connect you with your community. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Woodward Movement, the leader in brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. Check out our remotestartpodcast.com for more episodes and our social channels to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you build a strong community for your business. I'm Jim Doyon. Thank you for connecting.